0: You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Today, we're going to talk about what it takes to scale a brand while keeping a focus on sustainability. We're also going to talk about scaling while focusing on company values as an agency that supports the growth of brands. To help me discuss these topics, I'd like to welcome Richie Jones, Managing Director at Vast, a D2C e-commerce agency. Richie, welcome to the show. Hi there, Greg. How are you doing? You yeah, yeah, things things are good. Glad glad to have you here, and looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, so why, why don't we get started by you giving a little uh, background on yourself, as well as a little bit about what Vast does. Absolutely. thanks, Greg. Yeah, so um,
1: I've been in e-commerce uh, well over oof, here we go twenty five years, <laughs> which in dog years is probably more like seventy five, I guess, in terms of e-commerce. <laughs> right. I started out in the early days uh, with the digital agency I founded straight out of university. A business called Yucca uh, that went for 11 years. We sold it to a large aim listed network agency, then went private equity board side or brand side for a few years, and then basically spotted this gap in the market where brands were just kind of struggling to to respond to the needs of the consumer switching uh, channels to more of a direct to consumer buying directly from the brand kind of model. So that was the, the kind of the, the observation and the inspiration for founding Vast a good sort of six years ago. And we've built out uh, a really, a really great team and platforms to our business that will enable brands to scale um, in a big way, uh, in, initially in EMEA,
0: in but we're opening up Middle East soon as well. So that's uh, that's really? our kind of potted history. Wonderful. Wonderful. So um, Vast is a B Corp um, and, you know, you have a focus on both. D to C, e-commerce growth, as well as on sustainability and impact that brands have as they scale. So let's get started by talking about scaling a direct-to-consumer brand while also focusing on reducing impact and and making change. So first, to to make sure we're all on the same page, can you define what you mean by what is reducing impact and and what are some of the biggest challenges you've seen in your uh, career for brands to overcome there?
1: Yeah, so I mean it's a huge, huge challenge. Uh the, the concept of being because we work with with fashion retail, power retail. And um obviously that particular part of retail has got a, a particularly well known challenge in terms of the, the kind of pose it threats from a, a, an environmental kind of planetary point of view. So what yeah. we're what we're all about really in terms of on our on our sort of journey to be corporate as we certify, we're looking at this whole mission of yeah, we, we deploy a playbook with our brands basically. So our playbook is really ad- aligned with our brands. And what is what is really amazing with our playbook is it's a brilliant vehicle for us to be able to bring simple, um, usually quite sort of low risk concepts to, to market with a brand that enable them to you know, become more sustainable. And I think sustainability is one pillar. We've actually got three pillars of how we engage with the brands, but I'll start with sustainability for now. it might be the simple, obvious ones around being able to present a more efficient or planet-friendly way of shipping to the consumer at point of purchase. So they might choose to either wait longer for a package to arrive from an e-commerce brand, or they might choose to pay a couple of pounds or euros more to have that shipped um, via more environmentally friendly kind of um, methods. And by that, I mean, it could be the last mile could be pedal powered, for example, or electric vehicle powered. So that's one key way we're bringing sustainability about for our brands. I mean, some of the more obvious ones we've done more recently are switching brands out into, away from single use plastic uh, in their packaging and using simple compostable compostable packaging as well. Another example would be supporting them with their supply chains. So we had one brand that was manufacturing products in Poland when we first started working with them. Their distribution center uh, is in Amsterdam in the early stages of us working with them that that product was actually going via China as a, as a kind of symptom of their, their kind of supply chain methodology. So we're able to correct that. And I'm now happy to report that that particular product now goes directly on a lorry from Poland to Amsterdam. So there's a great example there of just these funny little glitches in the system that lead to huge amounts of carbon being released when they, when they don't need to. And I think in another area, another pillar uh, where we're sort of engaging because B Corp also means not just sustainability; it also means the kind of ethical engagement as well. So that's not only with our own teams, but also with how we can support our brands. On we've got another pillar called ethical advertising, and that's looking at yeah where where is where is the line in terms of the ethics of advertising? I mean, it's a huge huge question. Yeah, you know, it, it can, can it exist for a start? Is a, a great debate to have at a dinner party if you're inclined. But the the, the concept is is. Yeah, things like that we, we might see with certain brands, um, you yeah, know, underage targeting on Instagram. That's something that you can easily cut back on if you want to. Um, number of times a discount message is being seen by a user because discount we know is when the consumer's probably at their weakest in terms of buying something they potentially don't need. Maybe having an agreement with the brand where you're saying maybe when you're in sale, which is happily say so with our brands, quite rare, the number of times a consumer sees that impression from that ad is only maybe four or five times versus maybe the usual ten. So these little things that are going to affect behavioral change, which ultimately is what we're trying to affect are all things you can sort of bear in mind. And, you know, the, the challenges that we all face is all of our, all of our sort of capitalist kind of societies are geared on this relentless year on year growth. you know, that's what we're, we're, we're kind of conditioned, you know, to do. And I think there's a, there's a kind of um, a, a increasing movement, I think with the B Corp brands increasingly where it's, you know, echoing some of the language we're hearing from some of the people, yeah, you know, the economic policy setters out there around swizing economies. So not so much about big incremental year on year growth, more about growth. that perhaps is not quite as big as you might have forecasted, but it's growth. That's for the better of the consumer and also for the planet. And that's quite a sort of kind of tough sell. And if you bang that in as part of your key brand tenant that the likes of say Patagonia have done so wonderfully, that's something that actually resonates with the consumer as well. And is actually an opportunity in itself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to want to kind of dive a little deeper on that one, because, you know, this idea of, you know, there's several things that, that you mentioned. So, you know, there's sustainability, there's just general impact, there's the, the ethics of a brand in, in general, and these things can seem at odds with this, this concept of scalability and, and just growth, you know, and just... Growth for growth's sake, sometimes, but you know, growth of profitability, growth of revenue, all all of these things, and and growth is important for any business, and there needs to be some some type of that for it to sustain and, and everything like that. But you know, how do you how do you balance these things that seem to be at odds with each other, and yet it's it sounds like there's some ways to do it to do it well. How how do you how do you help brands achieve both of these things?
1: Yeah, I mean, and and I think. Yeah, we're we're here that we're here very much in the in place of going. We, we think we got some ideas, and we're looking for brands, and already so our brands are collaborating with us on on the answer to some of these things. And yeah, you've got to start somewhere. That's the whole point about the challenges yeah. that we face um, with things like the climate emergency in particular. And I think what we're saying to the brands we're working with is that it may maybe year one, you might potentially looking okay, do we reduce year on year growth by just one percent, one or two percent? There you go on a top line, but the result might be a better improvement in what your bottom line contribution is as well at the same time. And that might be by deploying, say, ethical advertising methodologies. You're not going to have as big a net to cast, but you're, you're, but you also know that you're, you know, you're, 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 you're sending a much more kind of compelling message to the consumer as well. It's quite alien to some of these brands because it's all about growth, especially when you've got the association of, you know, if a brand is on a point where they're looking for additional finance or anything like that really, but Right. Ultimately, because we're ultimately as a business, we're all about building brand equity. And brand equity actually aligns quite well with the concept of better profit contribution because you're going to get better margin because you're not selling at markdown at the same time as actually garnering consumers that are better for your brand anyway because they're buying into the methodology of, oh, look, you're running a version of Shopify that is uh, you know, emitting a third of the carbon that your competitors operate. Which our, our websites yeah. do, and it's it's all of those kind of stories start to sort of map, you know, add up to you know, make the, the consumer perhaps spend differently and, and understand why your brand is different. So we're working with brands to bake it in. Crucially, being able to evidence the changes that we're making—that's the other the other key thing—and that's the great thing about the B Corp framework. It's all based on evidential key performance metrics um, that you, you know, targets that we're going to try and hit with our own brands, and likewise, the brands can also have themselves. And, um, B Corps attract other B Corps too. So as we, as we attract more B Corps, we'll be in a position where we'll be able to collaborate and become even more revolutionary ways of, right. Okay. Let's get really, yeah, there might be some guys out there who really want to go for it and push the boundaries of what you can do. Um, with, uh, you know, thoughts around growth and what that looks like really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, is this for. Any brand, I mean, do you think these that that any brand out there can apply these principles? Or you know, it sounds like some of the, some of the examples you gave, it it does take a a focus to do this. But does it does it require that singular focus? Or you know, can, can a brand kind of do this, or or at least you know transition to that? Or you know, how how do you look at it that way? Yeah. I- I think it's got to be a a, a gradual transition as well, because we're talking about some
1: sort of fundamental, almost philosophical changes about how we're looking at growth in the future. And um, so, yeah, we, we, you want to avoid shocks. You also want to make sure you don't, you know, literally, you don't want to freak out the brands either. Um, It's all about steady changes, very much like voluntary adoption of certain concepts, but you can't ignore it, especially here in the European Union slash UK, Legislation is on the way. You know, by by um, 2025, 2026, a lot of these brands are going to need to evidence a lot more around their supply chains. They're not going to be able to do certain things that they're doing now as quick as they as, as they could do. So, in the same way that you know, um, it feels like how it was with privacy, say two three years ago here in the here in the UK and G, um, Europe, it was all about GDPR. In the mm-hmm. same way, it's like readying our businesses and our brands for these legislative changes that are coming in terms of how we can evidence how our supply chains work, how we can evidence we're looking after our workforce in a, in a different way, you know, and, and it's, um this it, in a way, is kind of being in front of the curve, but by being in front of the curve and starting to start that journey of implementing some of these changes, you're already in front and there's also, there's, there's almost like benefits from a brand point of view to be in front slightly. And I think the the big observation I noticed as well is that some a lot of brands are doing stuff. They're doing some amazing work but they're almost too scared to talk about it at times, you know, the hiding from the consumer, what some of the concepts <laughs> they're, they're working on for fear of greenwashing, you know? And I think that's where you can use like the B core structure and the, the way you can, you know, evidence the transparency of what you're doing in a really good, really way. Because anyone can look up your business on, on the main sort of B labs website, look at the score, look at how that score has been allocated and distributed around the kind of scoring criteria they've got. So it's a really transparent way of doing it. I think, We'll probably find more brands kind of coming out a bit more about what they're doing, because I think they are holding back uh, for fear of being accused
0: of greenwashing. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you mentioned the, the, the example of GDPR with uh, consumer data privacy for those less familiar with that. I know there's also, it seems like the EU and, and UK are, are a bit, Ahead of the curve <laughs> on a number of these things, I know even with AI regulation, yes. um, there's there's more and more talk and 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 some action on that, and you know certainly well ahead of of here in the, the United States. But can you give some examples of this type of growth? You know, this scalability matched with sustainability. You know, can you give an example of of this type of growth? And uh, you know, from a brand you've worked with.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the ones, um, we're just starting, starting on in terms of our, our, our sort of discussions around, um, with a VF brand, uh, Jan Sport that we work with and they, they've yeah. just through VF's really great corporate social responsibility that they've been doing anyway. I mean, they've been first movers on discussions around, you know, they, they had pride baked into their, um, trade plan years ago, long before it became like a thing in terms of a, a retail moment. And, um, yeah. I think, uh from a sort of sustainability and supply chain point of view, those guys throughout, out of all the brands we work with are probably the most forward thinking. Also you know, and it's brilliant to work with a brand that is engaging with, yeah, their, their core customer often is is a, is a youth college goer and you know particularly vulnerable group as well and their stuff they do around mental health is absolutely amazing and I think the, being able to apply that with the ethics part of B Corp is particularly useful. And I think that's a really a really good example and I think some of the other brands um, we've, we've got on our books, so Stance is a good example, where we work with them to switch out their sustainable packaging and, and, and get that. And, and, and also their 2.0, which we call it, uh, version of their website that went live this, this last week, is built on our latest Shopify um, theme called Fastify 2.0. And that's the one that sh- saves all this carbon in terms of how page load works and some of the technical sort of behind the scenes stuff works user doesn't need to download anything like the amount of data they used to have to on the version one of, of that website. So those are great examples. And then I always cite, cause I actually think the biggest challenge we've got is, is the behavioral change piece. And I always cite, you know, the, the classic Patagonia campaign of don't buy this jacket, right. you know, that goes so counter to everything. And also then coming out with most recently around, oh, by the way, we're not sustainable this concept of retail any form of retail can't be truly sustainable because you're still actually utilizing and burning you know earth's resource to to facilitate the production of anything really so i think patagonia like those massive trailblazers of that thinking of almost anti-consumption but the concept of you're still selling a quality product that you know is going to last for 10 15 years versus something that's not as good and isn't going you know, to be repairable is is the big big kind of thinking on that
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I wanted to uh, switch gears a, a little bit, talk about scaling maybe from a a different perspective. And so, you know, wh- whether you're a direct-to-consumer brand or, or an agency like yours, growing a, a profitable, profitable business while growing talent and building the type of employee experience that makes people want to stay and help the organization grow, you know, it certainly t- takes a lot of a lot of focus and effort as well. So you've characterized this as being purpose-led and a purpose-led business focused on transparency and communicating values. So I personally know, I I used to run an agency, sold about six years ago now. So I know some of these challenges um, of running an agency with competing priorities, competitive pressures, changing needs of clients, how do you make sure being purpose-led continues to be a part of that despite all, all of these competing priorities
1: yeah it is a, it's a good question i mean i think you know ultimately you need profit in the business in and, and sound commercial objectives right. to be able to deliver on the purpose that's that's really important so again with the b core process it really fortunately we, we looked at our fundamental kind of overarching mission statement as a business last, well, 18 months ago now, which has been embedded into the business really wonderfully. And off the back of that, that's then led into our company values as well. And it's so interesting, the last, probably the last four or five latest employees that have joined us new starter wise have all said, we joined this business and we could have gone to any of your competitors or, you know, we're up against some pretty good heavyweights um, here in Bristol, UK in terms of the, the, the tech scene, especially on the, the sort of developer side. So attracting talent to the business is really vital to us and um, they've all said it's because we're on this journey this purpose-led journey it's really obvious we've got a clear mission statement that is then fed into this really uh, entrepreneurial value statement that sits underneath our kind of company mission I mean our, our, our company mission is we build long-term value equity by leveraging exceptional teams and technology and that really says it all that we're trying to empower our teams with the best tech but with purpose baked into that tech and that you mentioned AI just a second ago, having ethical code and an actual policy and ethical code is going to be absolutely crucial with brands in particular as we go forward into this AI driven age. And I think the, the emergency side of things around sustainability is one thing, but where we really are coming into it, as we all know, the world is going to be very different within within years. And I think having an ethics code that's attached to that is really important. And it means a lot to the team. Our core value is, is relentless R&D. And we, we really hold that up as a uh, a statement in that we always want to learn from things that work and crucially from things that don't work, having that open collaborative culture. One of our other values is come as you are, which is a deliberate ripoff of the Nirvana lyric. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. when we, when we did that to make people feel open and welcome. And we've actually, you know, don't have a dress code. No way would we have a dress code. It's just really all about that sort of open collaborative environment where some of the best outcomes happen. And that's, seems to work really well with our with our team and that that's seems to be what incentivizes them and love love coming to work basically which is what we want
0: yeah yeah and so you know with with values and and you know there there's there's a few aspects of them right there's there's the communication of values and then there's the the living those values and, and being transparent about you know what is aspirational versus what is you know something that that you're currently strong in as a as a company as an agency wh- whatever the case may be you mentioned greenwashing you know a bit ago about you know the the environmental and sustainable impact i don't know that there's a color to associate with this but you know you you often see brands and you know hiring an agency for instance again having been in 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 those shoes before Every company has those things that they say. Well, this is what we believe, and everything. But you know, how do you transcend that? Of definitely, you need to communicate those and, and put those out there. But how do you transcend that and really live the values and, and, and make sure that you're living up to those? Even though I'm sure there's better days and 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 worse days. You know how do you how do you how do you try to do that as as a leader and, and an agency owner?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we 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 bring it to light. I mean, we've got a a HR platform that's called Breathe that we, we track all of our um, team uh, performance on in a, in a good way. And uh, yeah. all of the objectives we set within the business are set against our five core company values. And um, yeah, and we basically hold up uh, in, the, in the monthly meeting, especially we have the, the, the all hands meeting. We run a great example of where someone has just extolled their, the values that we've got in the business because we're quite um surf related the the prize they win is actually a 3d printed gold shaker hand making a, a, a shaker sign which um nice. yeah you know, it's, it's a bit of fun you know but it's the whole idea is that that person then has a, a yeah they demonstrated great collaboration or you know for panic community community is another one we've got and i think our model uh, uh, is is actually performance based so we work on a of a, on a percentage of the, the the revenue we generate for our brands and with that, because we tend to bring U.S. brands into Europe, with that comes a huge amount of guardianship. And we have another uh, value, which is brand first, revenue second. And that sounds quite perverse. or will counter, again, to <laughs> the concept. But it's, um, it's all about thinking of putting the brand first. It's so important. So we, and it might be around, if there's anything we're not too sure about, it might hesitate about something, just double-checking it with the brand first before you do it. Because some of the brands we work with, they don't have boots on the ground here in Europe. They are relying on us to, to look after the brand. They can't see it, everything we're doing. So there's this incredible feeling in the business. And if it doesn't happen often, I'm happy to say, but if there's been a, uh, something goes wrong, there's sometimes there's tears in the team that that upset. And um, that's obviously what we're looking yeah. to avoid at all costs, but that passion and love for what they do and genuine passion and belief that they want to just look after the brands is, is something that um, kind of blows me away all the time. Yeah is it's, it's actually really, uh, you know, it's quite humbling. Does that make sense? You create this team culture where people care that much. Yeah. Yeah, it, it lives and breathes through, yeah, you know, through the HR platforms, but day in, day out, you know, we, we try and make sure we reference our values and coming back to some of the key, the key things that we believe um, as a business. And that's on me to just sort of shine a light on when people are selling on that front. But I honestly think we're believing, I honestly think that as we're in the scale-up phase of what we're doing now, especially, It's more important ever that we hold on to these values, and it shows in our work. I think.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's um, that's great to hear, and it's it's great to hear that it's, you know, it's not it's not just some some values written on a wall somewhere that that people walk by and then they then they do their work, right? So it's it's nice to see that that kind of holistic way of of approaching that and and even measuring it, and and that you know brings me to. Next question, which is just you know, how do you measure success in in being purpose led? You know, you you me- you mentioned um, measuring success against values. I I think that's that's a great way to really, you know, demonstrate that that you're you're walking the walk, so to speak. But you know, how do you how do you measure overall success as a business in, in this in this approach?
1: Yeah. So I mean, in the in our in our B Corp um, application, we've had to attach KPIs to the, the three pillars that I identified earlier, and I think if we just take mm. um, ethical advertising, for example, we're we're setting out a reduction potentially in one well, or even potentially a reduction in year-on-year advertising impressions that we pump out into the market that are related to markdown, for example. So that's one example of where less people will see a message that's going to make them likely to act in a way that could be buying something they don't need. Mm. Yeah, you know, a product that could end up in landfill or you know, worse still, returns, like it's urns are dreadful for the for mm. the planet, you know. So that's one example. So we'll be able to evidence the number of millions of impressions that we've you know, reduced related to markdown. Another one will be examples of where we're actually encouraging brands to hit targets around the full-price markdown mix that they might have in a full year. And it's the thing that we yeah. now track in our business intelligence tool that we built ourselves called VAS BI. It actually tracks the full price markdown mix by brand by day by week by year and that's something that we report on with the brands now I'm um, usually in a monthly just saying just so you know we're you know usually way behind our usual markdown mix we're able to we're evidence with one brand that you on your markdown mix to come down by sort of 30 percent that's a huge reduction mm-hmm. that means there's less going out to the market that again it's, it's staying away from that sort of behavioral activity where people are buying stuff they don't need so that's, those are sort of key, key ways. Another way is that we can evidence the amount of carbon um, that we've reduced either with our own travel, but also with supply miles. We've changed that Poland example uh, I referenced earlier. So all these things are, are genuinely KPIable and trackable as the year goes through. Our um, operations director, is, as part of her role, is that she tracks where are we um, in, in, that, in that sort of journey. And we, and we will transparently share it as well as part of the, the kind of B Corp that we do, what we've actually achieved against that purpose-led piece. Another really obvious one is, um, on our community engagement piece, we give away just over a month's worth of the team's time to local charities, um, and NGOs, and just being able to evidence that work is, is also a great way where we're, we're reaching out likewise with our higher education, reach out, um, stuff we do as well, where we're just trying to help local um, universities, Yeah, we, we bring students into, into the business, all those kind of things that we can all evidence that we, we, you know, we're, we're being purpose-led and, genuinely are being purpose led. it's not just even
0: evidencing we're actually living it that's the key thing yeah yeah no that's that's great stuff well richie thanks so much for joining the show i got one last question uh, before we wrap up here so g- kind of going back to those brands that a brand that needs to scale but yet they want to be more sustainable as they scale what would be your advice to them as they navigate the months ahead oh, i love this question right so um
1: the big thing is is get especially with a, 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 a DTC brand or whatever, I get the, the e-commerce team to talk to the overarching ethics slash marketing or or, or you know, C-suite uh, leadership. That's the key thing because often forecasts are set in silos. Yeah. At, or by CFO who's not necessarily thinking about perhaps a purpose-led mission the business is on. I still see so many B Corps going out with messaging around Oh, look, our sustainable supply chain has improved or look at this, you know, look at the, yeah, absolutely brilliant. They're showcasing the work they're doing, but then two days later, sending a markdown message, 50% off, you know, and and might be new season or whatever, because they're chasing a number. And that's the e-commerce team chasing a number that goes counter to the overarching mission and values um, of of the business because they've got to chase that number. And look, you know, I'm not judging. It's just... Some of these brands are in 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 that transition we talked about, so they might still be switching over. That number might have been set two years ago, you know, in a finance pack by the CFO with the, with the shareholders. We don't know, but ultimately, getting those teams to all talk together in a purpose way led what way in in a seamless way to make sure that everything stacks up is so important because I do see it all the time where there's that there's that conflict, you know, between the brand mission, what it actually stands for, versus trade tactics that we know are going to be planet damaging. That's, that's the big thing for me. And the one bit of advice, yeah, and all respect, we're all on this journey. No one has the answers fully yet. So that's, that's what I'd say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love what you're doing for, for brands and, and for your own agency. Again, I'd like to thank Richie Jones, Managing Director at Vast for joining the show, you can learn more about Richie and Vast by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G R E G K I H L S T R O M.com.